0: John 21 there, starting with verse 18. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee, uh, whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he, that he tarry till I come, what is it to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad amongst the brethren, that the disciples... Uh, The disciple should not die, yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things, and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for watching over us and taking care of us. We thank you for allowing us to be back in your house tonight, Lord. I pray, dear God, uh, that as we finish out this uh, study on the Gospel of John, Lord, that you would be glorified in all that we've done. Father, I pray that uh, as we've gone through this study, something would be retained in our hearts and minds to help us be a better servant uh, for you. Father, I just thank you again for your grace, dear God, and what you've done in this church, what you will do. I just pray that you continue to keep your hand upon us. And Lord, once again, as I said earlier, Lord, we have nothing to claim uh, but the grace and the mercy uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, no merit of our own, but Father, I thank you that your grace is sufficient, your mercy is new every morning. Bless this service now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come here finishing up uh, the Gospel of John here, remember uh, we've come to the place there where uh, Peter, has, as we know that, that he failed the Lord Jesus Christ, had he had been left in that state there, Peter would have, have completely abandoned the ministry, he would have gone back into fishing, uh, gone back into the lifestyle, he knew the secular world there, but Christ came to where he was and restored him uh, back to that ministry there, brought him back into the fold there, uh, completely forgave him and set him back up, and now as he is getting ready to uh, depart there, as this gospel is getting ready to come to a close, we can see several very practical lessons there uh, that apply to each and every one of us lessons that we need to grab a hold of uh, and understand here now again in verse number 18, we see that there's uh, 18 and 19, we see that there's a crucifixion uh, that is being talked about here. Uh, when uh, Christ speaks to him, verily, verily, saying, pay attention, listen up there. I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest, but that when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee uh, whither thou wouldest not. Now friend, secular history tells us, Fox's Book of Martyrs and several other references there tells us that Peter later on uh, much later in his life there when he was martyred he was crucified uh, very similar to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Fox's book of martyrs tells us that uh, in in humility there and in in, uh, reverence he requested to be crucified upside down saying that he was not worthy to die in the same manner in which his Lord died there. Now uh, Peter here we know that he understood what Christ was saying. We see here a difference. Remember several times Peter would get ahead of God. Several times, Peter would, uh, he was very much the, the unspoken uh, spokesman, uh, the, the unannounced spokesman of the group there. And many times he would speak before he, said, uh, before he thought about it, and he would deny or ignore what Christ was telling him many times. We saw that even with the, the denial there. Christ said he would deny him three times. Peter said, Lord, I'm willing to die with you. But as we see here, Peter has learned a lesson when he gets to this verse here. When we see in verse number 18, Peter learns a lesson. He begins to listen. To the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, Preacher, how do you know that? When God tells him, He said that when I was young, you went where you want to. He said, well, but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt be led by someone else so again signifying his death. But we realize that Peter listened to that when we look over in the book of Acts, chapter number 11 there, where Peter is getting ready. He is in prison there. He has been chained there, uh, sitting between the guards, and he is uh, set to be executed the next day. He is sitting there. Uh, We know that Peter uh, was not in a place of turmoil, was not in a place of distress. He was not overwhelmed there. He was asleep, uh, chained beside those guards there. This was a man who uh, was supposed to be being put to death the very next day, was supposed to be, uh, his life to be taken there and be martyred for his faith, and yet he is resting, he is at ease there, he's at comfort. Why is that? Because Christ said, when thou shalt be old. When your time in the ministry and the work that you have is done, then you'll be led by another. Then you'll be bound there. Then your life will be taken from you. Peter had listened to the Lord there and realized that even though the situation looked bad, his time had not yet come. And he was at peace with where he was there. Even the fact that he was chained between those two guards. Friends, what a tremendous lesson that is for you and I tonight. Many of us, when we are put in a place where The trials are coming and the storms are raging. Many of us forget the promises of God. We get to the place there and it's easy. We can tell somebody else to have faith. We can tell somebody else that God will provide when they're in the middle of it. But when it comes to us being in that storm, it's much harder to follow those practices there. Friends, the promises of God are something that are meant to be obtained. They have nothing to do with feeling. They have nothing to do with our emotions. Many times, your emotions will play tricks on you many times those feelings will deceive you but the promises of God stand true uh, that even though the circumstances don't look good God's grace is sufficient for every one of those needs there those promises friends that are all throughout scripture uh, they need to be learned they need to be read they need to be held to so that when the storm does come our way when the trials do come our way we can stand faithful and know uh, that God will take care of us that God will provide for us and meet every need we have there Peter was at peace with that fact. He was at peace with the grace of God there. It shows a significant uh, maturity there. It shows a, a, a growing in, uh, in Christ uh, that Peter had. Friends, you and I today ought to be growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the trials you faced yesterday, ought not, uh, they, they prepared you for the trials you'll face tomorrow there. And that grace that God gives us is sufficient, strengthens us, and enables us to better serve Him. Not only does He talk about the crucifixion, but I want you to notice secondly, in verses 20 and 21 there, uh, we see a, a, a concern there that is going on. Look at verse number 20. Then Peter, turning about, and seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, uh, which is it uh, Which is it he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith unto Jesus, Lord, and what shall this Man do now. Even though Peter had matured in some ways, he still failed in others. He still had that old flesh about him. There, he still had uh, some things about him that Christ had to work on. There. Peter's concern. He turns and he looks. The the phrase of the disciple whom uh, Jesus loved. There. Speaking of John, the author of the gospel. Here, uh, he's at that one. There. John was much younger than Peter, but John was a very significant. Um, one of the inner three there, Peter, James, and John. One of the inner three of the circle there, uh, very much close to Christ there. One that uh, very much loved the Lord Jesus Christ, very dedicated to Him. And here He is, Peter sees Him. Christ says, follow me. Peter sees Him coming. He says, Lord, what about this man? What we see in this lesson here is a tremendous uh, truth there that tells us that we are not to worry about someone else's calling, but we are to worry about ours. That is something that is. we are to be faithful uh, to what God has called us to and not worry about somebody else's friends. Uh, there can be a hindrance many times. It hinders us when we are focused on someone else's ministry other than ours. Where God puts us. Right? Is the fact of God that, that God has a specific place for us shows us that He is sovereign in all that He does. He knows exactly where He wants us to be, exactly where we need to be. And as an old preacher once said, bloom where you're planted. The, but one of the biggest problems that we have, one of the biggest problems that is prominent in the ministry is when someone looks at another person's work, sees something that is bigger, something that is uh, grander, something that is, is larger as a work there, and says, man, I, I wish that was me. Friends, where God puts us, He makes no mistakes. Yeah. And where He wants us to be, and where we, when we're in His will, where we are serving, is the perfect will of God for our lives there. It may seem insignificant to someone else, but it is exactly where God wants us to be. Those smaller works there, are some of the things that we look at and we take for granted. Some of the things that we look at and we see as to be an insignificant work turns out to be some of the greatest works that God has for us. We see that in the life of the disciples. Every one of these disciples here had a different ministry that God had for them. We look here at Peter. There, Peter was given the keys, is what the uh, uh, keys to the gospel, or the keys to the kingdom, is what we're told there, and it was Jesus that told him. He said, uh, "Thou shalt be a witness of me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth." We know that was literally fulfilled in the life of Peter. There, when we look at the book of Acts, there uh, when we see Acts chapter two, there the day of Pentecost, uh, Peter there opening the gospel to those uh, to the Jews there at Jerusalem and Judea in the gathering of the Passover. Uh, they come there and he preaches that feast. Uh, that, uh, excuse me, the uh, feast of Pentecost after the Passover. He opens that door there. Many Jews, thousands are saved there. We know later on in the book of Acts, chapter number eight, there uh, where Philip is called to Samaria. He called there and he's witnessing to that Samaritan there. Peter comes and he gives the keys there. He opens the gospel, baptizes. That man receives the Spirit. Uh, that's a, uh, opening the keys there. He's a witness not only Jerusalem and Judea, but Samaria we know in Acts 10. Peter is sent into the house of Cornelius, the Gentile there. He goes to the uttermost part of the earth there. We look and we see James here. James, uh, the, the Lord's half-brother there. We know he was kept and was called to be the pastor in the church of Jerusalem doing a great work there. We know Paul. When we look at Paul, And the fact that he was called there, Paul is the only apostle that was given the doctrine of the church, or the doctrine, uh, he was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles there, and he went and he opened doors uh, that uh, the other uh, apostles could not open there. Peter's focus was the Jew, Paul's focus was the Gentile. It was a different work, but all of that worked together uh, for the glory of God. We look there and we see Paul and Barnabas, there. they uh, started out their missionary uh, journey together. We know that they had a split there over John Mark, and they went so separate directions, Paul took Silas with him, and later on they became a great work. We know Luke, the physician, who was saved during uh, one of uh, Paul's missionary journeys there, followed with Paul. He is the author of the Gospel of Luke there, and also the author of the book of Acts there, friends. What I'm saying is, each person, though the ministry is different, and the calling is different, the purpose is all the same, and it's for the glory of God. Amen. He looked at Peter, and he said, Peter, don't worry about what I've called him to do. Worry about what I've called you to do. Amen. Friends, the greatest thing that we can get a hold of today is wh- find out where God wants us to serve, find out what He's called us to do, and do it with all of our heart. Amen. It, it, no matter if it is a big work, a small work, no matter what it is, God knows exactly what He's doing. And every one of us, Every single one of us have a ministry. Is that, you've heard me say this many times before. Uh, there are some that will never stand and teach a Sunday school class. There are some that if you put them in front of a group to speak, uh, it, it just terrifies them. A recent study I was reading uh, said that more people, that they have a, a greater fear of public speaking than they do have a fear of dying. More people are scared to give the eulogy than they are to be in the coffin. And be the one being spoken over. That's, that's uh, There's some people that will never stand up and speak. there. they just they are not comfortable with it. That's all right. That's not where God called you to do. Uh, some people can. Uh, uh, some people cannot. Uh, don't know how to work with their hands and, and things like that. They. Uh, uh, my brother. God helping me. He's not here tonight. <laughs> I love my brother. My brother is is very 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 book smart, intelligent book smart. But God helping me has no mechanical ability whatsoever. <laughs> He would call me and say, uh, He said, man, can you come look at this mower? I think I messed something up on it. It would be torn to pieces. <laughs> I said, just buy another one. It be alright. <laughs> well, there are some people, can se- we serve in different capacities. Every one of us. There are some people that, that, uh, that they can pray and it seems like they can stop heaven. There was a gentleman uh, that, that was over in Angie's dad's church. This man, a uh, simple man. He was uh, just a, a, a country uh, painter. He could not read or write. He literally could not uh, read. Somebody had to help him sign his paychecks there. Uh, The the man always wore bib overalls there, and he'd he'd keep a little notepad in the front of those things. But that man could pray, and he could stop heaven. I mean, just he just had that that gift to him. And people would come to him and say, "Would you pray for me?" He would unzip that pouch, he'd pull out that notepad, he'd hand to him, he'd say, "Write your name down on this." He couldn't even write their names. He could not read the names that he was uh, praying over. But he would lay that thing down. And he would get down, and he would pray over those names there. and, And friends, it just seemed like he got something answered there. Every one of us have a different calling, a different ministry, a different place in which God wants us to serve. But every one of us work together and make up the body of Christ. And all of us working together accomplish that same goal. Paul, he compares the kingdom of God. He compares the church to that physical human body. You think about all the small parts. You can have the strongest muscle and the biggest muscle. But if those tendons are ripped there, if they don't hold it together, that muscle is useless, friends. Every one of us have somewhere that God wants us to serve. Your place is not my place. My place is not your place. But all of us work together. And Peter, here, he turned around, he looked, he saw John, he said, Lord, what about him? What what, what about him? And what Jesus tells him there, when when he gives that concern there, uh, what Jesus gives him in verse 22 is a correction. Look what he says there. It says, Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. It was a very firm, a very fast rebuke there. He said, Peter, if, I, if it's my desire that he stays here till I come back, what does that matter to you? Follow me. What he was saying is, Peter, worry about what I've called you to do. I love that tonight. I love when we look at that gospel. And it is such a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't worry about someone else's spiritual work. Truth of the matter is, if we worry about ourselves, we've got enough to keep our hands full. We won't have time to worry about somebody else's walk. Peter here was saying, "Excuse me." Christ here was saying to Peter, "Worry about you. Worry about what I've called you to do." Focus on that, pour your heart into that, and don't worry about anybody else, you'll have enough to do there. I love the correction that Christ gives him. Again, it's merciful, but it's firm there. It's stern. He rebukes him and he directs his focus onto what he has called him to do. As I've said before there, that old saying, bloom where you're planted. Wherever God wants you to be, pour your heart into it. It may seem like it is small, it may seem like it is something that is... Uh, insignificant but friends that is exactly where God wants you to be and when you are in the center of God's will you will accomplish more for the Lord Jesus Christ than you ever could outside than you ever could taking on the biggest project outside of his will I think about again uh, uh, everybody knows the name D.L. Moody D.L. Moody in the early 1900s He has been accredited with hundreds of thousands of people being saved there before the time of television, before uh, uh, social media and mass media and all the things that we have today, all the uh, privileges we have today to get the gospel out. This man uh, went around by steamship many times. Uh, Traveled great distances, took a great amount of time there, but what what a tremendous work that he had done there. And friends, we know the name D.L. Moody. It's, It's a household name among Christians, but very few people know the name Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball was a simple Sunday school teacher that was obedient to what God wanted him to do. He was the one that the Holy Spirit laid it on his heart to go into that shoe store, into the back there, find D.L. Moody and witness to him and lead him to the Lord. Had it not been that that man, that Edward Kimball, was where God wanted him to be, we may never have had a D.L. Moody. What I'm saying is we all work together together. For the cause of Christ there, and what may seem small and insignificant, God could use that for a tremendous, tremendous work there, and only God knows what He wants to do. It is very similar, if you've ever, seen, if you've ever taken a pebble and thrown a pebble into a pond, you see that that rock, that small pebble there, just a small little pebble just makes a small splash, but boy, that ripple effect carries all the way out. That's what God does with you and I tonight. When we are in the center of His will there, it may seem by man's standards, by earthly standards, it may seem like just a small pebble, but boy, God is working behind the scenes and that ripple effect carries on further than we could ever imagine there. Friends, what an amazing thing, just a, the, the privilege that we have to be a part of the, uh, of the family of God, the kingdom of God there. I love the way uh, Christ deals with Peter. He said, Peter, worry about you. Do what I'm calling you to do, be where I want you to be, and worry about you. Don't worry about Him. I, I love that when, when we see here. Now, it's, it's interesting to note that John here, uh, as, as close as he was to the Lord there, and again, John is the one, uh, this is the same John who is the author of the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation deals with the second coming of Christ. Deals with Him coming in great power and great authority back to earth there. Deals with His millennial reign and ultimately the the eternal kingdom being set up. The fact of of John here being the one that's given that message shows where John's heart was at. His desire was to be with Christ. His desire was to see Christ in power. And Christ makes that statement and says, "If If it's my will that He tarries till I come. Till I return, what is that to he's, he's giving reference here to the heart of John there. John's desire was to see Christ in glory. You and I today, friends. What is our desire there? Again, you, you've heard me talk about anticipation. As we are getting closer and closer to Christmas time. And we are getting that anticipation, especially for the young, uh, young children there. It's building up there. They're getting more and more excited about it. Friends, you and I today, we have a greater gift that is coming. We know that, that uh, Christ is going to rapture the church out. We know we'll be brought into His presence there. We know there's nothing stopping Him prophetically. There's nothing stopping Him uh, scripturally that has to be fulfilled. God could call us out at any time. And we should be excited. We should be looking with anticipation for God to do that very thing. That's what John's desire was. That's where his focus was. And Christ said, If it's my will that he, he tarries till I come, what is that to thee? Now notice not only do we see the correction, but we see in verse 23 that there was a confusion that came about with that. Then went about this saying abroad among the brethren that the disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? There was a confusion that came from that. Rumors and gossip there led to false doctrine and to fallen disciples. Because they had heard that and, and they, uh, they took it and ran with it there, they began uh, to, to start something that, was, uh, that Christ did not say. And they began to say there that uh, John is going, uh, John's going to stay around until, uh, until Christ comes back. Christ never said that. All right. Many things about this Bible. This is if, if we don't hear anything else tonight, many things... That Christians, one of the things that Christians do is they take this Bible and make it say what it does not. Mm-hmm. Never add to the Word of God. Amen. Let the Bible speak for itself. Let it know. Uh, that there are Those that come to me and say, uh, they'll come and say, Preacher, uh, I know if you do this, that ultimately you'll, you'll go to hell, you'll lose your salvation. Wait a second. That Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Let the Bible speak for itself. They got ahead of God there. They, they added to that thing and they said, oh, well, John's going to stick around. Now, he stuck around for a while. He lasted longer than any of the other uh, apostles. John, here, the book of Revelation was written. Matter of fact, the gospel of John is written dated around AD 90 to 95. This, he was a very old man by this time. When he was on the Isle of Patmos with that book of Revelation there, he was up, upward in his 90s. And again, he had uh, lasted longer than any others. But we know that he passed away. He did not last until Christ came. The fact that we're here uh, tells us that there. Uh, but there was a confusion that came about. Now, not only do we see the belief in verses 18 through 23, but last of all tonight, we see the book in verses 24 and 25. That there's a witness that's being talked about. Uh, this is the disciple which testified to these things and wrote these, uh, wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true there. Again, this is John's testimony here. And he is, is um, saying there that, that everything that he has said that everything he has stated is true. John was a man that was known there great morals and great character. This was a man that was highly respected throughout all of, of, of uh, the early church. There, throughout Christian faith, throughout Christian doctrine, John is a man that is highly respected. We know that again uh, because of the term there the uh, the disciple whom Jesus loveth is used to uh, to testify of who he is there. This is a man that is greatly loved. Uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ there, uh, of great character and tremendous, even as um, we read some of the later works there, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, uh, the book of Revelation, that we see that what he was allowed to see and what he was allowed to do signify his character and who he was there. Not only the witness, but last of all tonight, we look here and we see the works that are being talked about in verse number 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, every one I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. We see here the works of God. They were divinely listed to show deity. What is recorded in this Gospel of John? As, as uh, I've said before there, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are what's referred to as the synoptic Gospels. They're very synonymous one with another, uh, very similar in writing style, very close together in, in the time frame that they were written. John's Gospel is written from a completely different perspective. His Gospel here that we see, it shows the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Godhead, or the fact that He is the Son of God, better than any of the other Gospels. It displays Him in divine power there. And the works that are done here, the works that are recorded in the Gospel of John here, were recorded for the specific fact there that they show they testify to that deity. They testify to the fact that Jesus Christ is God incarnate. That He is a, a God in the flesh. The very first verse in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. We look there at John 1 and verse number 14 and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word dwelt means uh, literally tabernacle means He stayed there. Uh, he literally took on Him a body as if, the, as if you would take on the tabernacle there as if that tabernacle was put up there and dwelt among us. Not only were the, uh, the, they were divinely listed to show uh, the deity there, but they were also divinely limited to show dedication. The works that were listed here, as he says, it's not all of the works that Christ has done, but it's the right ones that are being listed to show uh, exactly who He is, to show His person, His power, His providence, to show, uh, again, the way of salvation, everything that is recorded in this gospel and every other book in the Bible is recorded for a specific purpose. There is nothing in Scripture that is there by accident. There is nothing in Scripture that is there for no reason. I'll give you this example and we'll close. When you read in the book of 1 Chronicles and you read of the genealogies, I believe it's right at 9 or 10 chapters in a row there, where all it says is so and so begot so and so begot so and so begot so and so. Friends, if you don't think that's boring, you're lying. Alright, because it's, it's, it's real hard to read all them so-and-so's begot so-and-so. But there's a reason for it. There's a reason that that's written in Scripture. The The main reason that you have those genealogies there, if you notice, alright, w- w- the, the opening of, of the book of Matthew, it says, Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Again, Him being the Son of David gave Him rightful uh, heir to the throne. Him being the Son of Abraham gave Him the rightful heir to being the promise. alright. Those are divinely listed there. Now, out of all the things that were ever questioned about Christ, out of all the, the accusations they brought against Him, they never one time questioned His genealogy. They could trace back His family line. Both through Mary and through Joseph, they could trace Him all the way back to David and all the way back to Abraham there. There's a purpose for everything in Scripture. Amen. Everything we read here, it is not by accident. It is God's spoken perfect word here. That's why we don't change this Bible. That's why we hold to the King James and we don't go with any other version there. Uh, We we don't go messing with the Word of God. It's it's there for a reason. John here testifies that everything he said is both true and it is a testimony to the glory of God. It's it's purposeful for you and I tonight. Friends, uh, again, I I can't even begin to do justice to this book here. I, I wish I could better preach this book and better teach it But what a beautiful, beautiful testimony. What a beautiful gospel of just who Christ is. Our Savior, not only was He 100% man, but He was 100% God. 100% man, He came to redeem you and I. 100% God, He is absolutely perfect. And He is that sinless substitute for you and I tonight. What an awesome God we serve. Aren't you glad that He's just as true today as He was in John's? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for this day. Thank you for all your many blessings. Lord, I I ask that you would bless our heart, dear God. Help us to do your will. Father, I pray that you would help us to learn more about you. I thank you that your word is perfect, that there's nothing in here by accident, there's nothing in here that does not have a purpose, but every bit of it is absolutely sovereign. Thank you for that, Lord. Touch our hearts, dear God. Help us to grow more in in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to study more. Father, we'll just thank you. We ask it all humbly in Jesus' name. All right. Let's all stand. That heads bowed and eyes closed, as Miss Deborah plays.